Snap Bets. I'm your host, John Silverman, joined by my great friend, fellow degenerate, and co-host, Max Hunter. This week, we'll be recapping the divisional round and giving you our bets and leans on this week's matchup in the conference championship rounds of the NFL playoffs. I want to thank you all again for your continued support and feedback as we aim to improve the pod each week. And with that, Max, how are we doing this week? How was your week? Oh, it was pretty good. I spent a lot of time watching the uh, first Bengals uh, Chiefs game, which was uh, very slow and boring. Um, spent a lot of time walking the dog and enjoying that it didn't snow as much as it, uh, it expected as it was supposed to today. Uh, that was phenomenal. So yeah, very nice. Sounds like you uh, did your homework rewatching that 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 Chiefs game from uh, Week Seventeen. Um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised also that we didn't get that massive snow that they were expecting here in New York. Sounds like other parts of the state got hit pretty badly. But uh, end of the work week, I just cracked a, a cold bud latte, uh, marinating some steaks for dinner after this pod. So looking pretty good and looking forward to the, the great weekend of football we got going. Oh, gosh, I cannot wait for this week of football. Uh, I mean, since last Sunday, I've been waking up every morning and thinking, when's game time? <laughs> I know, and it'll be gone before we know it with only three games left in the season. Um, so with that, why don't we quickly recap uh, how we did last week and do a quick review of how those games went down. Um, I'll start out first here. Uh, my sides last week went two and two. I uh, lost out on the Titans and the Bills, but won with the Rams and the Niners. Um, and that was big for me because what I did do well on last weekend was those money line dogs. The Rams were plus 150 and the Niners were plus 200. And, and really that that saved my weekend because my overall record um, was below 500. But since I had uh, those um, uh, money line dogs, it really saved me from a profitability standpoint. Uh, on the totals, I went 0-2 on the totals last week. Totally misread the Green Bay game. Uh, I thought it, it uh, was going to track over between those uh, two teams. But the weather did end up being a factor far worse than, than I'd imagined when I outlined it on the pod. Uh, the Bills game where I also had under, it actually looked dead on until the last minute and 53 seconds of that game when there was over 20 points scored. Uh, the live line was south of 50, so I, I was looking pretty good there. But um, as you'll get into in a bit, uh, yeah, that, that game didn't go my way in the very end with respect to the total or the side. Um, teaser has, has been spot on for me. I'm 2-0 and so far uh, in these last two pods of my teasers. Uh, last week went pretty vanilla, taking the Bills and the Rams as dogs up through the 3 and the 7. Um, both of those were pretty much never in doubt. Even um, if the Rams ha- had lost that game or the, or the Bills in, in OT, neither of them could have gone above the seven. So those were, those were actually pretty solid throughout both of the whole games. Um, props, I split. Really think I had the right read, but Tannehill's pick screwed me. So the Julio over hit with ease in the second or third quarter. Uh, and the Tannehill over, even with his picks, he only missed it by 13 yards. So I think I had the right read, but just came short there. Um, so, Max, you had an amazing week last week. And why don't you remind our listeners why they should tune in and tell your bets? Um, well, I'll just start off with the fact that I went uh, a phenomenal 7-1 and one overall on uh, spread bets, uh, money line picks, and over-unders. Um, only one over-under in there. I went 1-0 on my best bets, and I went 3-0 on my props. And I'll go over those in a little bit more detail after a quick recap of each of the games. Um, so first we had the Bengals at the Titans. Uh, the Bengals defense was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Joe Burrow was sacked a ridiculous nine times. Uh, He's also intercepted once. We'll get that up later. Um, Brian Tannehill threw three interceptions. The first one was pretty bad. Uh, I didn't think the second two were really his fault. Uh, the third one in particular was absolutely killer because – it was on what would have been a game-winning drive for the Titans uh, for a field goal. Um, instead, the Tannehill threw an interception. Burrow hit Chase for 19 yards on the first play. Uh, and then the Bengals ran out clock and kicked the first of the three game-winning field goals this week. And on this game, I had taken the Titans' money line. Um, I thought I had the right read. Uh, I was glad I didn't take the points. Um, but... The luck pendulum swung the other way on the very last play with that uh, interception getting tipped, or with the pass getting tipped. That also would have hit the passing over. And um, I also had the uh, I had the Joe Mixon under 16.5 rushing yards prop. It did get a little scary after he rushed it for a 17-yard touchdown, but this hit. Um, the next game was Packers and 49ers. This game was just played on a knife's edge all the way through. Um, the 49ers walked a punt relatively late in the game, and it felt like um, it went from being a blowout or on the edge of a Packers blowout to 
oh my gosh, this game can go either way. Uh, Rodgers had a quick three and out. Um, I've got a little bit of a hot take here, which is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw enough interceptions. Um, he pretty much only, speaking of luck, this is something we talk about a lot. Um, interceptions are kind of a weird stat. They're obviously largely on the quarterback, but it really isn't entirely on them. Some interceptions are caused by uh, receivers failing to catch the ball or doing something silly and tipping it. Um, some interceptions are just absolutely amazing defensive plays that there's not really anything the quarterback can do about. Um, and some interceptions are the product of risky throws that maybe, you know, you wouldn't have to do in an ideal world, but when the game is on the line, you've got to take some chances. And Rodgers has always seemed uh, reluctant to do that. Um, it's yeah, one of the very I, few things you can criticize about this game. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I couldn't agree more there. I feel like just based on the eye test of that game, I mean, how many short passes were to Devonta Adams that were zero risk but not very useful at moving the football down the field? I, I totally agree um, that he just didn't – he just doesn't take enough chances, period. I mean, it might pad the stats, but it doesn't win in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to take the Adams over prop for uh, catches in that game. I think it was only eight and a half, but it was juiced to minus 160, so it wasn't uh, super appealing. Um, and in this game, I had the uh, 49ers plus the points and the money line. Felt great about the points the whole way. Money line was absolutely terrifying, but hit. Uh, we had another walk-off field goal in this game after the quick Rogers three and out. The 49ers drove all down the field. They controlled the clock. They had an easy game-winning field goal from 45. Uh, I also had George Kittle over 48.5 receiving yards in this game, and that hit pretty comfortably. Uh, Kittle led his team in receiving. As I mentioned, uh, elite tight ends tend to do against the Packers. The next game was the Rams and the Buccaneers. This game was absolutely wild. Uh, the Rams took a huge lead to start off the game, um, but they almost gave it up between four fumbles and – I think I was, I was from what, 43 yards out. John, have you ever seen a field goal in the NFL that was short? Short. 43 yeah, yards was, out. That was completely unacceptable. I, I don't, there were so many things that went wrong in that game. It's, it's crazy. It was, it was wild. Um, then Tom Brady started to make a comeback. Um, at this point, sports books made countless amounts of money on Buccaneers live money line live bets. Um, other Rams players just kept giving the ball up, but uh, Matt Stafford took Omar's advice in the wire, and when he came at the King, he did not miss. On the last drive of the game, he got sacked by his former team gate, teammate and Dominican Sue on the first play, but then he hit Cooper Cup for 20 yards on a play where Cooper Cup, I think, literally broke the defender's ankles. And then on the play after that, where the Bucks ran a very questionable blitz, he hit cut for 40 yards. He did the Matt Stafford thing where he ran down the field like an absolute psychopath, spiked the ball, and the Rams became, I think, the first team ever to hit a walk-off field goal against a Tom Brady-led team, uh, speaking of luck. Um, this game, I absolutely crushed. My best bet was Rams plus three, which hit. I also had the Rams money line, which hit, and the over, which hit. Um, I was worried about the over for a little and also the Rams money line for a shorter period of time. Um, but uh, yeah, um, this game was just absolutely great for me. And uh, also at one point in this game, Matt Stafford scrambled for about five yards um, to smash his over under of two and a half rushing yards after and he had already had two, uh, two from before that from a one QB sneak. Um, I was actually watching this game with John at his place. He very kindly hosted, and uh, we were with a couple of friends, um, you know, being precautionary in these current COVID times, but also like trying to see people and stuff, which is nice. And um, yeah, on that rushing play, everyone in the room, I think it was the most excited we got for the entire game, and it was a totally crazy game, but I'm pretty sure... It, not everyone was on the prop. Very close to everyone was on the prop. And I was definitely talking about it. Um, and then, I mean, the, the last game, Chiefs-Bills. Um, wow. Uh, the first half was fun. It was a little low scoring. It was 14-14 to 14 after the Chiefs missed a field goal at the end of the half. The second half started the same way. 
Um, but we got a little action at the end of the third quarter. It was 26 to 21 Chiefs uh, or forever, um, or like seven minutes um, near the end. And then we got to the two minute warning, and there was absolute, complete, undescribable and worse insanity. Uh, 13 seconds, coin flip, and then we finally got a walk off touchdown instead of a field goal. Um, mostly throughout this game, I was thought I was going to eat some crow. Um, and then for a long time, I thought, I guess not a long time technically, but it felt like a very long time. I thought we were going to go 1-1. The Bills were going to win, um, but the over would hit. And then 13 seconds, and then the coin flip, and the Chiefs, I mean, after you know, after the coin flip, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going 2-0 on this game. And that is exactly what happened with Patrick Mahomes proving why he is, um, I mean, he's the best player in football right now. Yeah, he's a generational talent for sure. And actually, two things. One, on the Rams game, you reminded me. I actually went one and two on the totals because you totally convinced me. So I didn't have it in the show notes because it wasn't my idea. But, yeah, I tailed you on that. And then, yeah, and that, that Bills-Chiefs game, that was wild. And I have to say, I, I am just disappointed in the coaching by McDermott. There's so many different things you could do there in the 13 seconds. You can squib kick it, which will take off at least five, or corner kick it. Uh, you can tackle uh, Kelsey and Tyreek or the other receivers uh, at the, at the uh, line of scrimmage. Uh, the rules in the NFL say that if you uh, intentionally down the receivers, it has to happen multiple times before they don't uh, before they stop the clock. Um, otherwise, their clock still runs off during that penalty, at least for the first time. So at a minimum one time, they should have just tackled all of the receivers. So just just terrible in-game coaching by McDermott, totally preventable. And then just separately, um, you know, even if you didn't do those two things, you're rushing four or five when they have to go the span of 50 yards. Don't do that. <laughs> just rush three, put a spy on Mahomes. And uh, go into cover. So it made no sense. Um, they clearly weren't ready for that moment. I, uh, yeah. I mean, there's not much to, to say about that on the other side. Um, so let's get to our picks this week. Yeah, let's do it. So why don't we start? And thanks for the recap, Max. Really thorough and, and well done. Why don't we start with the Bengals uh, at Kansas City Chiefs. The line opened Chiefs six and a half, but really just for a few minutes. So throughout the whole week, it was, it was pretty much at seven. Total opened... At 51 or so, but again, it was instantly at 53 and a half. So for pretty much everybody, you know, it opened 7, 53 and a half. Then it was bet up to uh, 54 and a half, which is where it is right now. Um, very similar to the, the Bills Chiefs game where that, that total um, moved up um, uh, throughout the week. Uh, as of Thursday night, which is yesterday from when we're recording, I, I've seen actually several books pop up uh, to Chiefs seven and a half. So you're seeing either Chiefs uh, rich at minus 120 or a cheap seven and a half at like 103 to 105 at, at most books. So, yeah, like if you look at DK, for instance, it's minus seven, 120 and FanDuel has that uh, cheap seven and a half. So uh, how am I approaching this one? Chiefs come into this matchup after that unbelievable overtime game that, that Max just described. Um, normally in the regular season, especially that would be a bearish signal for me. That'd be a fade on that team. Um, you know, team gets tired, uh, long drawn out game. In fact, you know, we, if, uh, if it's a long drawn out game, like we saw with the Raiders and that Chargers game in week 18, and then they looked a little soft uh, uh, in the wild card round against the Bengals. But this actually wasn't a long drawn out OT. As, as Max, you just said, uh, it was only a couple of minutes before the, the Chiefs scored the touchdown and then they didn't need to play anymore. So it ended pretty quickly. I don't think it tired the players out uh, much more to have that happen. Um, so I don't think there's kind of a hangover coming into this game. Uh, the Chiefs also come into this game only having lost one game since week seven. And that loss was to none other than these Cincinnati Bengals. Chiefs lost that one 34-31. Uh, and some very funky stuff happened towards the end of that game. If folks remember, Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor made some, some questionable um, coaching decisions, but they still got away with the win there. There were three separate points uh, during that matchup where the Chiefs had a 14 or greater lead, which is pretty wild that, that three times they gave up that big of a lead. To my eye, I think the Bengals a little bit got away with that one, uh, with the ball bouncing their way on a few occasions, but ultimately they got the job done. In addition, a few other notes from that game that differ from this week and might be contributing to the line uh, being different. The line in that game opened at six, but got bet all the way down to three before it closed. Um, so this one is significantly higher than the closing line the last two team, times this team's matched up. But the Chiefs didn't have Jarek McKinnon incorporated to the offense in that game. 
Hill was two weeks removed from COVID and Kelsey one week removed. And, and Kelsey was very ineffective in that game. Uh, so they were likely not 100%. And I think, I think now all of those three players are having a big impact on this high-powered offense. Uh, on the other side, the Bengals have had just a tremendous run this playoff season, but I think the run stops here. In each of the playoff games, the Bengals have had a positive turnover differential of two, and in both games, their opponents out-yarded them. In betters parlance, this effectively means they've been lucky. And in the long run, NFL teams that get out-yarded don't win. The Bengals have major issues on the O-line, as demonstrated last week, when Burrow was sacked nine times. If you get sacked as many times as 50 Cent got shot, you should not advance in the NFL playoffs. In fact, the only time in the last 20 years where a quarterback was sacked more, eight or more times and won a playoff game, you have to go all the way back to 2001 with the Donovan McNabb-led Eagles. I think Chris Jones and company are going to feast on this porous offensive line. And I don't think that the Bengals are going to be able to keep up with this high-powered offense. They put up a paltry 19 points last week against the Titans, even after being the beneficiary of three turnovers. I think the Chiefs get the job done in Sunday's game, and I think they do this going away. Uh, the last stat I'll leave in the analysis of this game that Max and I touched on last week in the Bills-Chiefs analysis, Mahomes straight up and against the spread is 0-2 against Tom Brady. He's 8-0 straight up against every other quarterback, 7-1 against the spread. Taking the Chiefs on Sunday, minus 7, best bet. How are you thinking about this one, Max? Oh, gosh. I've been getting myself hyped up to say this, and I hear you say all the things that I kind of knew you were going to say because I've been saying them for the last two weeks, and I'm just, you know – feeling grim about that but now I'm, I'm thinking about it a little more I'm, I'm reading what i believe and uh let's do this uh, i'm just gonna say with my pick up front and uh i'm gonna go into the analysis after because as i said i i did rewatch this whole game this week um and so i have some opinions on that um but before that, um, one, I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, I would definitely shop around and try and get the half point, although if you can get them at plus seven and plus 100. Um, uh, John, you can tell me more about this. Uh, what, what's the value on the half point versus uh, plus seven and uh, plus 100? So I would need to look up the exact conversion. There's a bunch of free websites to do it, but you definitely want the, like if it's minus 115 or 118, I think what you can find on FanDuel for the seven and a half, you want the seven and a half. And the reason for that is push potential or backdoor potential, right? Because it, let's say the game's at 13 or 14, which is totally conceivable going into the end of the game. Um, not, and uh, excuse me, Niners, the Bengals get one touchdown, you know, seven and a half, you're cashing the ticket, seven, you're, you're only at push. So uh, you definitely, uh, even though it's an 18 or so cent difference that you're paying um, from the plus 100 to minus 118, you want the half point off a key right. number on a three or a, or a seven, you want that half point. All right, thanks for the clarification there. I know you're the, you're the market man, so I oh, could always use a little help with that. But um, so for this game, yeah, like I said, I'm taking uh, the Bengals plus seven and a half. Um, for starters, uh, Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor together um, are a career, or so in two years, they are six, 10, and one straight up as an underdog. They are 12, five, and one against the spread as an underdog. In 2020, they were 1-6-1 and one straight up as an underdog, um, but they were 5-3 and three against the spread. In 2021, they were 5-4 and four straight up as an underdog, but they were 4-2-1 and one against the spread. And as road dogs in particular, um, they are, uh, in two years, they are combined 4-5-1 and one straight up, but 7-3 against the spread. Um, and this year in particular, they've been absolutely phenomenal with a four and one straight up and against the spread record as road dogs. Um, and then as dogs in the six to eight point range, uh, very small sample size, but two and two straight up, three and one against the spread and two and one uh, to each of those on the road. Um, conversely, when Mahomes and Andy Reid have been favorites in the six to eight point range, they are five and one straight up, but they are two and four against the spread uh that that's just at home by the way they're 14 and one straight up combined which is frightening however they are eight and seven against the spread and at home they are also an absolutely terrifying five and one straight up but a mere two and four against the spread um now there are two coaches who i want to talk about in this game they're not going to be who i think who most people are expecting 
Um, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, and the Bengals defensive coordinator, Lou and Aruno. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. I'm not 100% sure. Um, both of these guys are going to have very tough jobs on their hands this week. Both of these defenses are absolutely outclassed by the offenses that they will be matching up this. Spagnolo is a very good and very experienced defensive coordinator. He got his start in the NFL with Andy Reid and the Eagles. Um, he was a big name after the Giants' massive upset over the Patriots in the Super Bowl in 2007. He bounced around a little since then, reunited with Andy Reid in 29. Um, Inaruno is a new guy. Um, he's only been in the NFL for, I think this is his 10th year. Uh, he was a college coach for a little while before that. Um, the Bengals are his first job as a defensive coordinator, save as one game uh, as an interim coach. Um, and apparently the Giants, uh, the New York Giants, have reached out to him to interview for the head coaching job. Um, and I think he could be a hot candidate next year if he doesn't get a head coaching job this year. Um, these guys have very different approaches to the game. Uh, one is a lot newer, so it's a little harder to tell. But, I mean, we know Steve Spagnuolo. Um, he is a hammer. Every problem is a nail. The Chiefs blitz the eighth most of any team in the NFL. Um, to his credit, the guy knows when not to pull the trigger. Um, the Chiefs blitz happiest games were overwhelmingly against bad quarterbacks or quarterbacks who are very different rushing. Um, I cannot tell you with 100% certainty, but I would assume in most of those games they were a different style of blitz that like that you would use against a guy like Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts than a guy like Joe Burrow. Um, the Chiefs bl- blitzed at a below average rate versus Justin Herbert once in two games, uh, Derek Carr twice, Josh Allen once in two games, Dak Prescott, and most significantly Joe Burrow. So they, they did blitz so quite a bit in all of those games, but less than they usually do. Um, this is still uh, and, and the big problem here is that Joe Burrow is the single best quarterback in the NFL against the blitz per any statistic you could find. Um, the Chiefs defense is just, and they're, they're built to do this. Um, they can, they cannot exclusively abandon it. Um, they're just, they're, you know, Chris Jones is an absolute monster, but he is not Jeffrey Simmons on the Titans. Um, and even though the Titans had nine sacks last week, um, according to PFF, the Bengals' offensive line surprisingly only gave up 14 pressures. So if you want to talk about luck, to get nine sacks from 14 pressures is pretty unreal. Now, I'm not going to pretend the Bengals have an especially good offensive line. It's, it's bad. Um, but it's not terrible. Uh, they're going to get beat a few times, and hopefully Joe Burrow will do something good, although... Uh, hopefully he also won't do something stupid like throw an interception um, because uh, getting third down sacks is very important against the Bengals. Um, first and second down sacks do not always get the job done. Um, and um, yeah, that just that worries me on the Chiefs side. And then on the Bengals side, um, I mean, when I rewatched the Chiefs-Bengals game, it, it was just amazing what the Bengals were doing on defense. Um, they, they really bottled up uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. I know that John mentioned that Tyreek Hill had been coming off COVID, the COVID list, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, it was right. two weeks for him and uh, one for Kelsey. And one Kelsey for Kelsey. So I, I will say maybe Kelsey was a little affected. Um but uh, Hill looked phenomenal. Um, you know, they were using him in motion. They were having him run deep routes. He was, he was definitely playing, um, like, he looked like Tyreek Hill. And he had 10 tar- on 10 targets, he had six catches for 40 yards. Um, the uh, Hill and Kelsey combined had uh, fewer yards against the Broncos twice. The Broncos have an absolutely elite defense and not very good offense. Um, so it's, you know, not that kind of game. Also, Patrick Mahomes had the fourth lowest, uh, this is kind of a weird stat, but yards per completion after the catch. Um, so it's like how many yards after the catch, or yards after the catch per completion. My God, I totally mixed that up. But it's, uh, like I said, it's kind of a weird stat. Um, it is what it sounds like. It's how many yards 
a receiver generates after he catches the ball in his uh, 62 regular season games and 10 playoff games. Um, it was his fourth lowest game ever in this category. Um, and the this was totally a product of design. The Chiefs receivers didn't drop any passes. There was a deep shot to Tyree Kill, but that was broken up on a great play by safety Von Bell. Um, the, the Bengals defense didn't really have any superstar players. They do have a bunch of very good players, though, um, and a bunch of – then they don't have a lot of – like, they don't really have any bad players, which I think is a very valuable thing on defense. Um, the Bengals defense isn't really great at anything, but they're just kind of okay across the board at everything. And uh, they're they're not going to let the Chiefs beat them with their best weapons. They have both the players and the scheme to – I mean – you know, Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are absolutely amazing. That's that's undeniable. Um, but I do think they can be partially taken out of the game through the combination of scheme and um, the talent the Bengals have. However, uh, the Bengals basically are going to they're going to dare the Chiefs to run the ball because it's not as efficient as throwing with Patrick Mahomes, and they're going to make Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle. And Nicole Hardman, and I, I don't think Josh Gordon's playing for them anymore. But, you know, anyone, Le'Veon Bell, God knows who that team rolled out this year at a running back. Um, you know, they, Kelsey and Hill are unreal. I mean, yeah, two so of the best just, players in their positions. Just but. to react to a couple of those those points, Max. So, um, I will say, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was surprisingly efficient last week. He rushed only seven times but got 60 yards. So, that's that's really pretty impressive, actually. Obviously, small sample size of seven rushes. Um, one thing I'll also just say in reaction, love the uh, take on doing handicapping from the perspective of the wide receiver quarterback duo. Don't don't hear that very often. So, that was that was an interesting angle for, from my point of view. Um but yeah, for me, I, I just think that the, the Chiefs get the job done. I think there's too many weapons. Um, uh, the other thing that I didn't mention is Tyron Matthew is is healthy and is ready to go. He practiced on Thursday. Um, so I, I just think that they're going to be able to get more stops than the Bengals are, frankly. Um, I, I I think you might be right on that, John. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, the Bengals can, uh, you know, they can shoot themselves in the foot. Um, but so can the Chiefs. The Chiefs commit a lot more penalties than the Bengals. Um, and in this, uh, in their last game, Patrick Mahomes got away with, I mean, one was just like, hey, it was your cliche, you know, that's why this guy doesn't play wide receiver interception. Um, dropped. Yeah. Another one would have been not, you know, it was somewhere in the middle of that and in, oh my gosh, how did it happen? Um but uh, he got away with both of those last game. And with the Bengals' on defense, maybe he won't this game. Um, and then the other way with the Bengals' offense, I just think, I mean, we saw last week, you know, with Matt Stafford um, taking advantage of a very untimely blitz. We saw Joe Burrow take advantage of some untimely blitzes from the Titans. Um and it, it can just, with the Bengals receivers, it doesn't take that many plays to make the game a whole lot closer. Yeah, and I think actually one of your your points, what I, I was just listening to, uh, and I'll tease this when we get to the teaser, it did sound like in most of those games, like a lot of the stats you said, the Chiefs were like 5-1 and one or 14-1. and one. Like it sounds like they pretty much win all these games, even if they don't cover. So, you know, and I'm sure this is going to be the most popular teaser leg of the week. But, yeah, Chiefs down to a half or Chiefs down to one. Um Seems like a like a real nice teaser like this week, uh, even, you know, given if you're on the other side. But maybe, Max, just in the interest of, of, of time and we've broken the side down a lot, maybe we can move to the, the total here for a second. Um, so, like I said, at the top, uh, the total, you know, opened at some really low number, like 50 and a half, which was immediately bet up to, to 53 and a half, where it stood for a little while this week. Then it went up to 54 and a half. Um, so I, you know, I'm a glutton for pain. So I'm, I'm back to the well. It's not a bet for me, but it's a lean. Uh, I like the under. I think, you know, the narrative of both these teams is, again, super prolific offense. Everyone's going to remember that Bills-Chiefs game and how it flew over, but it really only flew over in those last two minutes. Um, so after getting burned last week, just a lean for me, not a bet. But if we do close uh, over 55 or 55 and a half come Sunday, I will take a bite on that under. 
Uh, I think I spoke last week about 50, 51, and 55 being really key numbers. Um, so 55, it lands a little over 3% of the time. So I think there's good value at that price point uh, if it goes over there. But otherwise, I'll just stay away. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, and again, the other thing, the books are going to need the under. They certainly aren't going to need the over. All the money, all the bets are going to come on the over. So Max, do you have any thoughts on the total? Uh, that, that's kind of all I have to say. About uh, I just have a quick thought on the total. Um, I also lean the under with you, but I'm not really taking a position on it. Um, I do think if it's a lower scoring game with a larger point spread, especially the half point, that's another reason the Bengals could be attractive. Um, let's go on to the next one. And I promise I will not go on for nearly as long because I did not have to nerd out and really, you know, find a reason to think the Bengals can do this because I just, I'm, I'm, almost shocked the line isn't bigger. I mean, I know it's the playoffs. I know it's the AFC championship game. It's just the, the reputation of the Chiefs is sterling. This is, you know, but on the other hand, the lines are going to be spot on in the playoffs. And so I I just, I really believe in this Bengals team. Um, teams like them usually don't do very well in the playoffs, but uh, we see teams every year that get kind of lucky. Um and, you know, you also create your own luck in the NFL for the most part. And they're just a team that have been able to do that. And I think they – I don't think they can beat the Chiefs, but I can make this – see them making this load of the game. Uh, maybe Mahomes has to do some Mahomes stuff at the end. The Chiefs went on a Butker field goal or something. Um, call them a shot. Definitely not my pick of the week. But um, I'm still 100% rolling with the Bengals. Plus seven and a half. Nice. Yeah. And I think that hook will draw a lot of people in. So moving on to SoFi Stadium, 49ers at LA Rams, uh, opened Rams minus three and a half total 47. Um, at one point this week, it went to Rams minus three, but that immediately got that back to three and a half. So I, I think that line's pretty painted and won't move. Um, at some books, the, the juice is a little bit um, on the dog. Uh, so you have to pay 115 or 120 to back San Francisco. Uh, the total has seen more significant movement, bet down to 45 and a half from 47. Um, so the way I'm, I'm thinking about this one, the narrative uh, coming into this game is clearly, you know, Shanahan has owned McVay. That's that's what you hear if you, you know, go on ESPN.com or kind of any, uh, you know, public website. Niners have beaten the Rams six of the last six underdogs in at least four of those games, but still won. Um, you have to think Shanahan uh, is living in McVay's head rent free with a record like that. Um, and one might be inclined to think the Rams can't possibly blow it again. Uh, you know, the narrative I think there too is, you know, teams, if you've beaten them twice, it's hard to beat a team a third time. And, and this one, no less is for a seventh time. Um, but since 1980 teams that have defeated an opponent twice in the regular season, divisional games, who then face off in the playoff, the team that has won the two in the regular season, they win the third game 57% of the time. Uh, not necessarily a percentage I would bet on, uh, but equally you can't take it to the bank uh, that it's hard to beat a team for a third time. The the data points in the other direction, uh, even if it's so slightly. Uh, I don't think that it's that Shanahan has some mystique or hidden power over McVay. For me, I just think it's the style that these teams play in and why the Niners' offenses works against this Rams defense. Rams have a great pass rush and can get to the QB, which we saw in awesome display against Brady and the Bucks last week. But the Niners use a lot of pre-snap motion with Debo and Kittle. And what, what that does is it causes the defense to have to show their hand early, prevents them from disguising the blitz. Works really well against the Rams, and I think it's been one of the key ingredients why the Niners have had success against them in the last few years. Having said all that, I think the Rams are playing some of the best football of their season just at the right time, uh, and especially since getting that win in that Cardinals game. They've, they've looked awesome uh, other than uh, some you know, bad things that happened to them in the second half last game. And that's what I want to talk about. So the Rams have just been terrible at finishing games. We've seen it on display twice in the last three weeks. Last week, when they were up 27-3 against, against Brady, which Max talked about, and then two weeks ago against this Niners team in Week 18. Um, and that's been coincident with Cam Akers returning to the Rams. Cam Akers has run it uh, 80 times – excuse me, the Rams have run it 80 times on first and second down since Cam Akers returned in Week 18. Negative .28 EPA per rush. 2.9 yards per carry, 24% success rate. If that were extrapolated to the entire season, the Rams would be the worst rushing team in the NFL, lower than the Houston Texans. If I want to back a favorite like the Rams, especially north of a field goal, 
I really prefer the team to have a good running game or at least a decent running game so that they can get separation and maintain the lead while killing the clock. We've seen twice in the last few games the Rams blow these enormous leads, once losing and once uh, barely hanging on, uh, you know, with that miracle drive that Stafford had with Cooper Cup at the end of the game. Week 18, the Rams were up 17 zip against this Niners team, only to lose 27-24. They almost did the exact same thing last week with that 24-point lead over the Bucks. I understand last week was maybe more bad luck with fumbles and the mishap, um, but the coaching decisions have consistently been bad. They were bad in both games, running on first and second down consistently, having a third and long was just pitiful decision-making by McVay. Uh, lastly, I'll just quote some stats that we quoted the last two weeks. We've been back in the Niners riding this hot hand. I've, I've been saying it the last two weeks. Shanahan, 27-17 and 17 ATS now as a dog, 14-4 and four as a dog since 2019. Garoppolo's 15-4 and four ATS in his career as a dog, and 14-5 outright in those. So he has won almost every time when he's a dog, um, when he's covering ATS. So, look, I didn't feel as strongly uh, about this game as the Chiefs. I-, I feel suspicious here because I just think maybe the Niners' luck, is, luck has run out, um, and the Rams are playing really good ball. Um, but I'm still riding with the dog, sprinkle on the money line. Uh, last thing I'll say before I pass it to Max, uh, this isn't going to be a home game for the Rams. This is going to be a home game for the Niners. Rams fans, no offense, LA, not good. Last time when these teams matched up, over 35% of the fans were from the Niners. Yeah, I think it's uh, looking like there are going to be a lot of fans not from the Los Angeles area at the game already, actually. Um, but uh, I I totally agree with the, the vast majority of things you've said, but... I'm going to go the other way in this game. I'm going to go Rams minus three and a half, best bet, and uh, maybe the Rams money line if you're a little more cautious. I can see the reason for taking that. It's not the worst value um, for a game that doesn't pay out positively. Um, but uh, I think this game, the single biggest factor happened in March of this year. On March 18th, the Rams traded Jared Goff, their third-round pick, and two future first-round picks for Matt Stafford. Eight days later, the 49ers traded the 12th pick in the draft, um, a third-round pick and two first-round picks in the future to the Dolphins for the number three pick. They would later use this pick to pick quarterback Trey Lance. So both of these teams knew they needed to upgrade at the quarterback position. The Rams got a 10-year veteran who has spent his career suffering on miserable to sometimes below average Detroit Lions teams where he was, see, when Calvin Johnson was on the team, he was either the best or second best player. Um, the Rams, or the 49ers, alternatively, have Trey Lance, who has looked pretty interesting the few times he's played this year, can maybe be very good in the long term. But the long term is the 49ers' plan. They did not think they were getting that this far this season. Um, the Rams expected to be here, and they do not have a lot of um, their their leader, their quarterback, uh, had a great quote at the end of the last game talking about how he went to a dark place after all those uh, fumbles. But sometimes you need to go to a dark place. Matt Stafford knows all about that. He was a quarterback at the University of Georgia, national champions this year. Um, but when he was there, they came very close to being that level, but uh, they could not quite get to it. Um, I have a couple other things that I want to mention. Um, Sean McVay all time as a three to four point favorite is nine, nine straight up eight, nine and one against the spread. Pretty meaningless. Kyle Shanahan, we know is absolutely phenomenal in this spot. These things, John mentioned them before, but they just cannot go without saying, Um, I think, both teams match up pretty well against each other, um, but I just think the 49 or the Rams have a veteran team. They have better star players. They are a more disciplined team that doesn't commit as many penalties, um, and they have more favorable matchups in the big spots and making big plays. I also am a little worried about how banged up. Uh, I mean, Devo Samuel and Trent Williams to uh, the 49ers left tackle, maybe the best player in the NFL this year. Um, looked pretty banged up at the end of the last game. They're healthy this week. They're practicing. They're fully expected to play. Um, but 
I I don't think they're a hundred percent. In fairness, most guys aren't at this point of the year, but I think that's something to worry about. Um, conversely, the Rams are getting left tackle Andrew Whitworth back. Um, one thing the Rams struggled a little bit with in last week was uh, in pass protection. Their backup tackle Joel Notebloom is a very capable backup. He's played a little bit this year, um, but Whitworth is the best pass protecting uh, left tackle in the NFL for pro football focus. He's uh, 40 years old. He's the oldest player in the NFL after Tom Brady, um, maybe a couple of special teams players. Uh, like many players in the NFL, um, he won a national championship playing under Nick Saban in college, uh, but he's the only one left who can say he did it at LSU. Um, he is an s- absolutely exceptional player. Uh, given all the time we spent talking about Tristan Wirfs last week, um, he totally deserves mention as one of those offensive linemen who never get any love. Um, I, I do agree with John about Cam Akers. Um, I honestly, I'm, uh, and I'll get to this later when we get to props, but I, I think we might see a little bit more Sonny Michelle this week. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I love this Rams team. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think if you would ask me every single week of the year, um, which team I think is the best team in the NFL, I would have said the Rams more than any other team. And so I'm picking the Rams both minus three and a half. And um, yet again, um, I'm going to hit both. But if you're not into the money line, I can totally understand why it's not plus value. Um, but I'm going to hit the money line as well because um, I, I just think they're going to definitely win the game. I'm a little worried about the spread sometimes, but I'm not super worried about it. Yeah. Uh, it's still like pick of the week. Yeah. So I, um, I definitely, that was good analysis on Whitworth. I, I think, you know, always people go to what's sexy and avoid what happens in the trenches. And, and that was a huge disadvantage to, to the Bucks last week. And, and Whitworth is a big deal to the, this O-line, especially against a pretty good pass rush um, from the Niners. I'm also with you on, I, I actually should mention, I, I didn't, we don't really share bet units or sizes on the show, but I went a lot smaller this week on that money line. I have a lot more confidence in the three and a half. Um and then the money line, and, and partly because I think it's Max outlining in the recap, three out of the four games last week were decided by a game-winning field goal. And these games where the teams are really good, especially where they know each other, I, I feel like that that outcome is pretty likely. So uh, take Max's point on the money line in, my, in mind as well, that um, you know I went smaller and maybe Max feels more strongly about the money line. So just wanted to amplify that point, Max, because I uh, think it's a good one. Uh, yeah, I just I completely agree with your take there. Um, I'll just note that I, I had to – almost hype myself up into selling the Bengals, not because I don't believe in them, because they have, like, a crazy person talking about them. The Rams is the exact opposite. The only reason I haven't really mentioned the money line is just because the the, the Shanahan versus McVay stats, I think you ignore uh, Pete Carroll's 1-5 against Shanahan at the same time, and um, it's not the loaded Seahawks teams of old. NFC West has always had some weird rock, paper, scissors vibes. Um and then there's uh, Cliff Kingsbury versus himself might secretly be the greatest coaching rivalry in the NFL. Um, but yeah, the, the Shanahan underdog trends are real. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe Max, we can talk about the, the total in this match, but I, I haven't a, a bet an opinion on this one. Um, so what scares me is, you know, the, it was bet down from 47 to 45 and a half, definitely single sharp action. Um, but I still think the total's too low. Uh, both the previous games earlier this year had closing lines of 47 and 51, which is around where I think the line should be. Uh, the games and, and their outcomes split over under, which is super typical divisional games. It's very common that one goes over and one goes under. Um, these teams play differently that second time round, so it, it readjusts, and so does the, the line and the perception from the public and the odds maker. Uh, but I think in this case, it's just too low. I think this one gets into the upper 40s. And while it's true that, you know, my take on this game trip to be the Niners will want to maybe slow the pace down and keep the ball out of Stafford's hands, I just think each team is keep capable of scoring. I see value of the over on the spot. And just to add a little more fuel to the fire, this expected total, the lowest total projected for any Rams game this entire season. Um, so I'm not really going to take a position on this one. I think, at, you know, end of the world type scenario, I'll go uh, – under but i think this is going to be the kind of game where um um, i'll just get into props right now um one of the props that i'm quite fond of this week i like both field goal kickers uh gay and gold over uh one and a half field goals um i think gay is probably a a little bit i mean 
he doesn't have the same odds, but um, I think that's probably a slightly better bet, but I think they're both phenomenal. I think this will be a game with a lot of yards, but I'm not sure how many of those yards will lead to touchdowns. Yeah, I, I like the field goal prop, Max. I also, um, if you want to get a little um, more ambitious, you could take plus 155 for a score to be a field goal or a safety. Uh, it went, it would have gone one and one in the games that happened this season, but I, I kind of like that it's just because of the significant plus money as well. Strongly agreed. Yeah. And everyone, everyone always thinks it's going to be a touchdown. It's the sexy thing to do. First goal, first touchdown, or first score field goal or safety is, it's so boring. I can't believe it's plus money. Yeah. So I got you, Max. So no, nothing on the total. Why don't we, why don't we continue down with props and, and teasers and then we'll, we'll give the summary for the, for the folks. Um, Cause I know we're, we're pushing against it on time here. So you want to continue out with your props, then I'll go to mine. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I'll just go real quick. First of the Chiefs Bengals. Um, I have Joe Burrow over 24 and a half completions. Uh, the Bengals are going to have to throw a lot this game. Um, and they will probably have to use the screen game and just quick hitting passes to protect Burrow and compensate for their weaknesses on the over on the offensive line. Um, I like Byron Pringle over 39 and a half receiving yards. He's really asserted himself as the Chiefs number three receiver recently. Um, I do think the Chiefs will get yards. I'm not sure how many drives they will have. That's why I'm more worried about the total than their ability to get yards. Um and uh, I think Pringle is going to be one of the guys the Bengals try and make the Mahomes' main targets. He's not the best receiver in the world, but if he's open, he should be able to catch a couple passes. I also like Demarcus Robinson over 15 and a half receiving yards for the exact same reason. Actually, I might like this one even more. Even um, it's an incredibly low number, and um, I'm really not sure why it's below Michael Hardman's. I mean, Hardman technically has more explosive playability, but. Robinson has tons. Robinson has also significantly outsnapped uh, Hardman in nine of the last ten games. And the one exception was game at Denver where uh, Tyreek Hill got hurt and Hardman basically took his snaps in the offense. Um, and I'm, I'm, like I said a million times, I'm taking these because I think the Bengals are going to just make Mahomes beat them by not throwing to Helen Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, are those are those? So those are my props. Back. Oh, and also, um, so I mentioned the field goals before. Mm-hmm. For um, I also like uh, Cam Akers under 17 and a half carries. Uh, Sony Michelle only got one out of 25 running back carries last week, but he was on the field for 19% of snaps. Um, and it's very hard to imagine. Maybe Cam Akers has the game of his life, but assuming something like that doesn't happen, I feel like those fumbles are going to be in the back of Sean McVay's head. Heaven forbid they actually happen on the field. Hell, I think they'll be in the front of his head, Max. Yeah, that's, I, mean, I think that's distinct. I, I love this one, honestly. I, I feel almost as strongly about this one as the Mixon one last week. Um, yeah, I, I may tell you on the Acres. I think you and I spoke about that earlier this week. I, I, if I'm McVay, Michelle's totally capable. I'm probably giving him the ball. Yeah, and that's it for me. So, again, again, Burrow over 24 and a half completions. Byron Pringle over 39 and a half receiving yards. Demarcus Robinson over 15 and a half receiving yards. Um, Cam Akers under 17 and a half carries. And uh, Gay and Gold over one and a half field goals. Um, also, Gay has gone over this prop in 14 of 19 games. Gold, uh, 8 of 14. Love it. All right. I'm going to tell that Gay um, for that over. And you, you previewed actually uh, my props uh, or one of my props, Max, last week. I tailed you on that mix-in uh, under. It was like 60, and it closed at like 55 or 56 uh, under rushing yards. Same rationale as last week. Um, Bengals are a pass-first team. Also, if the game strip goes as I expect, I think the Chiefs you know, will have a lead in the second half, which may mean that, that Mixon's kind of out of the picture with respect to running in the second half of the game. One thing I would also suggest is like if they're if he's trending over at the beginning of the game, don't get scared. I might live bet it, um, especially if the, the Chiefs look like they might pull away, um, even if it's if it's a higher number. I think that that he can go under. Also, I think his number is a little bit pulled up. Um, you know, Bengals were obviously a winning team this year, so in many of those games they're pulling away and rushing more towards the end of the game. Uh, that might be drawing Mixon's number up a little higher than it should be if, if you know, they're playing from behind. That, obviously, there's an assumption there that I think that they'll be down, but if that assumption's right, uh, you could be sure that Burrow will be throwing the ball and not, pa- not handing enough to Mixon. Uh, the other prop that I have is around Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going under his passing yards, and I may also look to his completions, but for now, I've only researched the passing yards. Uh, under 233.5 passing yards. 
Uh, I think San Fran continues to follow the game script that they've been successful with, which is run heavy game, short passes. Um, in the past four postseason games for the Niners, Jimmy has only thrown the ball 72 times, fewer than 20 per game. It's very difficult to get that many yards when you only throw the ball 18 or 19 times a game. Definitely, uh, we talked about this a lot last week, shop around on the props. I've seen very meaningful differences at leading books. FanDuel has this at 227.5. DK was several yards higher, not just one or two. It was like six or seven. So definitely shop around. Uh, not sure why there's such a big differential, but if you're with me on the under, uh, find that highest number. Uh, lastly, not a prop, but a teaser. Spoke about it a little bit during the Chiefs breakdown. I'm going to uh, do something a little bit different this week. So typically, um, you lay... I, 110 to 120 on a six-point teaser, depending on your book. This week, I'm going to advocate for uh, paying an extra 10 cents, so either 120 to 130 on a six-and-a-half-point teaser. Reason why is 10 is a key number in football, whereas eight and nine are meaningless numbers in football um, in terms of how your push potential and how often the game lands on that number. So Chiefs minus 0.5, uh, so just have to win the game, and Niners plus 10. Uh, so if you remember, Niners are plus three-and-a-half, so I want to get them to that 10 uh, as I see more value on that uh, than the nine and a half. Um, so I think it's well worth that extra 10 cents. Uh, I think asking the Rams to win by effectively two scores is a pretty tall order. Uh, and equally, I don't see the Chiefs losing the game outright. So I, I think the teaser has good value here. I strongly agree with your take on the teaser. Um, I do. I, I like the mix and prop. Um, it's a little bit low of a number for my blood. I feel like he's going to get, you know, 10 carries for 20 to 30 yards. What does he do with the other five to seven carries? Um, I, I would maybe be, I'd want to look at maybe his receiving lines, but those might be a little high. Um, I, I know his receiving number got bet up a while last week. Um, so this might still be the more attractive bet. Although I believe this one's also been bet down. Um, and then that I'm just enthralled with the teaser. And can you remind me of what your uh, second um uh, Garoppolo under two thirty. Oh, the, the Garoppolo. I mean, yeah. Look, look at Jimmy G's career uh, playoff stat line. I think he's gone over that what, once in the playoffs. Yeah, he, he doesn't I throw mean, a lot of playoffs. Yeah, yeah. His best game is arguably something like six for or eight for seventy-five yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, they like to run in the playoffs a lot, and they're very good at it. It's a very old school style of football, to say the least. So I think that's it. Right. Yeah. So that doesn't feel good. Our sides, totals, um, teasers, and props. So just to summarize the sides and totals for everyone before we head out of here, uh, I'm on the Chiefs minus seven, uh, lean under, um, but no bet for me unless it goes to 55 or higher, preferably 55 and a half. Max on the other side uh, on Bengals seven and a half. Remember, they're both available. So shop around depending on which side you like. Max also, uh, I believe, lean the under with me, but, but no bet for either of us. That is correct. Uh, and then Rams Niners, uh, we're opposed on this one too. I'm on the Niners three and a half with a very small sprinkle on the money line. Max is on the Rams minus three and a half, also on the money line. Um, I bet over 45 and a half. Max uh, leans under. Uh, so just to wrap up for our listeners, clearly Max and I uh, today, given that there's so few games on the board, we had a lot more dissent than in previous episodes. So y'all are going to have to make up your own minds uh, on who to back. Uh, but we hope you enjoyed the show. Wish you a safe and profitable weekend. We'll see you in two weeks before the Super Bowl for the next episode of Pre-Snap Bets. Peace. Peace.